bring everyone together for a great time with the Nintendo Switch system. Get the whole family in on the fun with exciting games that everyone can enjoy, like Super Mario Bros. Wonder, Animal Crossing, New Horizons, and more. Nintendo Switch has three different play modes all in one system. Play in TV mode, tabletop mode, or handheld mode when you're on the go. Visit nintendo.com slash us slash switch to learn more. Games rated E for everyone. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card, issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval terms apply. Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. This is Star Talk Radio, the Cosmic Queries part. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson, your host, and I've got with me in studio Chuck Nice. Hey, Neil. Remind me, Twitter, you're Chuck Chuck Nice Nice. Chuck Nice Comic. At Chuck Nice Comic. Yes. All right, I'm finally catching up with how to how to find you. How to find me on Twitter? There you go, Chuck. I brought you in because this is, as you know, this is the Cosmic Queries yes. part of Star Talk. Yes. I sit here. I haven't seen any of these questions. They've all filed in from Facebook and Twitter and Google Plus yep. and all of our media presence. And this is the holiday edition. So thanks for agreeing to do this. Uh, it's always my pleasure to so be here. I guess the point is not to stump me, although I could get stumped. The point is just if I have knowledge to share through the filter of people's inquiries. That's correct. There we have it. It's it's what inquiring minds want to know. And you got, and you got their names. And I t- have their names. Let's go and, for it. Uh, let's 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 kick this thing off. Um, and this uh, this is uh, uh, oddly enough, uh, you you would think that I would have uh, phonetically found out how to pronounce these names, but I did not. <laughs> so um, this is Mikezu, Mikezu from Facebook, and very simply, why is it cold during the winter? Because it's not cold everywhere. So why is it cold during the winter? Ooh, you know that's a that's a beautiful question. That means he's not taking anything for granted. And making an observation about the world around him and then asking. So it turns out after June 21st, mm-hmm. we're talking about Northern Hemisphere now. Correct. We just like add six months and we can have this conversation in the Southern Hemisphere. After June 21st, the arc of the sun across the sky from sunrise to sunset gets lower and lower and lower. Mm-hmm. And so the heating of the ground becomes less and less and less. The sun doesn't heat the air. The sun heats the ground. And after a short time delay, the ground heats the air. That's why it's not hottest at 12 noon. Right. It's always hottest That's a little later. A little later, like 2 o'clock. Like 2 o'clock. Anywhere between 1 and 3 and sometimes 4 o'clock in some, in some parts. So, so there's a time delay. So there's not only a time delay during the day. There's a time delay during the year. So the sun gets lower and lower and lower and lower in the sky. And you enter December and the sun rises very far south of east. 
it, it only rises due east two days a year. People say, oh, the sun rises in the east and right. sets in the west. No, only on two days a year. The rest is rising someplace else. And as we approach winter, it gets it rises very far south. It goes up a little bit in the sky and then sinks back down again. In New York City, the highest the sun gets in the sky on December 21st is like 25, 26 degrees up above the horizon. That's hardly anything. Barely gets above the buildings. So, so the reason it's cold in winter is because the sun is lazy. Lazy, lazy sun. <laughs> it does not want to do. It does not want to climb to the heights. It cannot do that. And so, on the twenty second. Oh, by the way, and by the way, it sort of slows down. Sort of stops. It's stops its its downward uh, passage through the sky, and then it starts its way back up a few days later. Mm-hmm. So around December 24th, December 25th, you know we're not going to lose the sun entirely below the horizon. It's on its way to higher and higher arcs. And the ancients knew this, or at least here, the Christians knew this. Mm-hmm. They wanted to put a Christian holiday on a day that the pagans already were celebrating. Right, Saturnalia. Yeah, so they put the birth of Jesus on the same day that, because they, no one knew when Jesus, the day of the year Jesus was born. So they put Jesus' birth on the day that people were already celebrating the return of the sun to higher climbs in the sky. Ah. And so that that's why you have it. Now, what is the coldest month? It's not December. It's like January, February. Ah, Again, remember, this is time delay. Time delay. Yeah, yeah. So there you have it. So even though the shortest time uh, the sun stays in the sky is in December, the coldest time is a couple, few weeks later. Right, because there's a time delay for Earth to react to that fact. Nice. Yes. All right. Well, and by the way, so and it has nothing to do with our distance to the sun. Because in fact, in December, Earth is. Closer, closer to the sun. Uh, we're closest January 3rd. We're closest to the sun in, okay. in right smack in, in winter there. Look at that. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Next question is from, uh, well, actually, you know what? I'm going to skip down to Brad Porter's question and kind of connect it to what we just said. Mm-hmm. So how cold is winter? In a deep polar crater on Mercury. How specific is that? <laughs> Was he plan, plan on taking yeah. a visit? Apparently, Brad has a great travel agent. <laughs> so here, here's the problem on Earth. No, here's the reality on Earth. If it's if the air is cold, we have air circulation that'll bring cold air from one place to another. Okay, have, this is that Canadian air mass moving across the jet the, stream. Yeah, yeah. All these air movement takes a molecule that's either been warmed or cooled and moves it to another place on Earth. Okay, all right. If you don't have air, if you don't have an atmosphere, then there's nothing to mix the temperatures. Mercury has no atmosphere. Okay, so now there are craters we've discovered near the poles. If you're near the poles, the sun never gets very high in the sky ever. Right. It's possible to have a crater with a high enough rim that the sun never goes above the rim. Right. And so, therefore, the bottom of the crater is forever in darkness. Wow. The craters on the moon and on Mercury, where there's no atmosphere near the pole, they are where the sun don't shine. <laughs> right? so, so that's where you that's where you can stick a lot of stuff you stick, if you want. <laughs> if you gotta stick it where the sun don't shine, the moon and Mercury's got such places. There you and go. And so if Mercury or the moon has ever been hit by a comet, Comets are made, you know, mostly of water. The water lands, you know, the comet breaks apart, and the water lands all over the surface. If it lands where the sun shines, the sun evaporates it, and we lose the water. Mm-hmm. If it lands where the sun don't shine, there is no source of heat. 
to warm it. Right. And the water molecules stay and they accumulate for billions of years. So if you go into the depths of a crater where the sun don't shine, it is hundreds of degrees below zero, even for a planet as close as Mercury is. To the sun. To the sun. Wow. Exactly. Look at that. Yeah. All right. So listen, I think we got uh, time for one more. Uh, we'll make it quick. And we uh, Before we our break, yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. So uh, here's, I, I found a question. I want to stay on the... Uh, Oh, the winter. Yeah, plus if he, go, if he goes to Mercury, you know, like you said, we'll find out who his travel agent is and make sure he's got a return trip. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so uh, let's stay with the cold thing. Uh, do you know of any other substance besides water that could crystallize in a similar fashion to make snowflakes? And also, is the whole thing about no two snowflakes ever being replicated true? You know what we'll do? That's we'll, from Anastasia. I love that question, and let's get back to that after the break. Okay. You're listening to Star Talk Radio. We're in the Cosmic Queries section. <laughs> Holiday edition. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson with Chuck Nice. And just uh, briefly, Chuck, you've got a TV show now. I mean, yes. Okay. Home Strange Home on HGTV. And you, you walk into people's home and talk about it. Yes, I do. And I, I, and, and I try to be as nice as possible. <laughs> All right. We'll get more of that when we come back to Star Talk Radio. This is Star Talk Radio, Cosmic Queries, Holiday Edition. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson, your host. I'm an astrophysicist with the American Museum of Natural History. And I've got with me in studio, Chuck Nice. Yes. Chuck, love having you. Oh, I just love being here, man. And you got a TV show where you just bust into people's homes yep. and talk about them. Yeah, it's a home invasion show called HGTV. <laughs> oh, oh, that's a category on, of show. Yeah, it's a new home invasion show on HGTV <laughs> called Home Strange Home. And I invade the homes of people. Uh, they take me around and uh, show me their weird, wacky little houses. If I see you knocking at my door, you ain't coming in. <laughs> <laughs> I want to have you on the show, too. Man. Uh, so this is like in the old days, 60 Minutes was the, were, the, were the people you didn't want to have come in your home. Right. So now you're going to show up with cameras. Yes. And that's what we do. I show up with cameras and I... So weird people with weird collections and stuff. Weird collections, Excellent. weird homes, and uh, some of them are architecturally weird. Some of them is the people themselves are weird. A lot of them are artists and architects. That's what we mostly Because have. they have control over their space. They think about their space more. Absolutely. They don't just go to Ikea and put stuff in. And you know, that's the beauty of the show is that I'm hoping that it inspires people to kind of do that in their own lives. Just to get a little more interesting. Just to be a little more interesting and let your <laughs> let your life be reflected in your home. Nice. You know? Nice. Nice. So so you got a boatload of questions there, culled from our internet presence. Yes. And so uh, uh, come at me. What do so you got? So before the break, we had a question from Anastasia, or Anastasia, it depends. And she says, do you know of any other substance besides water that could crystallize in a similar fashion to snowflakes? Also, is the old adage about no two snowflakes being alike true? Okay, I'll tell you what I know about it. First of all, I've, we all heard that no two snowflakes are alike. Right. And I was skeptical. So I was going to do the calculation mm -hmm. to find to just justify for myself because I I don't believe everything I read or hear, but that fact that factoid existed before the internet. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't blame like, can't blame the internet on this one. Can't blame the internet on this one. But um, I haven't actually completed the calculation. But what it involves is if you look at a snowflake under a magnifying glass, I mean under a, a microscope, mm -hmm. you don't need very high power because they're they're not. 
they're small, but they're not right. microscopic. They're not they're microscopic. Right. Right. And you look at it, as you know, they have six six uh, spindles to right. them, and each spindle has detail in them. There's like little parts that stick out, and it's all symmetric. And the, then there's there, and there's so many ways each one of these spindles can take on detail that you can ask yourself, how many ways can that happen per spindle? Right. And if you start getting numbers in the quadrillions and the sextillions and the octillions, right. and then you do a quick back-of-the-envelope calculation. That's a calculation you do without a computer, like you get a writing implement mm-hmm. and a piece of paper. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and, if, and you use your basic laws of physics, and you say, well, how much water is in the world? How, you know, how many snowflakes will represent a cup of water? You know, And you turn a cup of water into snow. How much snow is that? How many snowflakes? How ma- in any given season? How much does it snow all over the world? Right. How many seasons have there been in the history of the world? Include the Ice Age. Include all the glaciers. You do all of this, you'll, you can come up with a back-of-the-envelope number. And I'm, I haven't done that calculation yet. Okay. But I, I'm, I'm a little skeptical, but I'll, I'll report back <laughs> to you on this. But it is possible just so they can appreciate the little spindly details on each one of the, the, the legs, if you will, the six branches of a, of a snowflake can have extraordinary structure. Right. And the tiniest little change from one snowflake to another counts as a different pattern. Right. So the number of ways you can change something can go up exponentially. I'll give you an example. Uh, if you have a chessboard, and I can say, well, the pawn moves this way, and the knight moves this way, and there's a limited number of ways the pieces can move, Correct. but how many possible chess games can you play? That number is huge, right? Because every little variation is a new—that's a new game and a, a new, new set of outcomes too new, for each move. Exactly. And so, when you look at these little spindles on a on a on a snowflake, every little change is a new snowflake. Right. So, I'm going to do that. I've been meaning to do that calculation, and Anastasia has now said, get, told me to get back to work on that. Okay. Now, uh, almost all. Almost all things, all liquids, if you cool them slowly, will crystallize. Okay. Did you do in in, in high school uh, chemistry? Did you uh, make uh, carbon? uh, Was it copper sulfate crystals? Do you ever do that? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the. in the, the little beaker. In the beaker, right. Yeah, and has the blue. I think copper sulfate is now cancerous or something. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah, so that's where that tumor came from. Oh. Back in our day, we played with mercury. We right. like, licked lead. <laughs> and the monkey bars in the park were over cement. That's right. so true. Right. We were like, they don't make them that way anymore. Uh, so, yes, uh, pra- the crystallization is a very common thing in nature. Right. And uh, it's just that water happens to be in the air when it crystallizes and it gets to fall on the ground. And so you get to see it and interact with it every day. Okay. But uh, other kinds of crystals, you make salt crystals and sugar crystals. I mean, there's, so crystallization is a very natural chemical phenomenon that goes on when, when there's a very slow transition from one phase to another. If you do it quickly, it won't crystallize. It won't crystallize. No. Okay. So in in that slow cooling. Oh, in fact, if so, so for example, if the rain is coming from the cloud and it falls quickly through the cold layers that are up in the sky, then you just get frozen rain. That's right, <laughs> and that, you're absolutely right, and right. that's what they call it: fl- freezing rain or sleet. Sleet. We got but words it's not for it. Snow. It's not snow because right. it 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 froze too quickly. 
to crystallize. Right. Yeah. And then there's hail, which hail's like <laughs> yeah. That's that's the flash freezing of rain and also an insurance nightmare. That's right. That's when yeah. That's when God says you better have a uh, a really decent policy. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's move on mm-hmm. to um and this is uh, this is Nathan apparently. I'm not sure if he's asking this of Yeah, these you. are all these are all holiday related. These are all holiday questions. seasonal nice. questions nice. and Nathan uh on Facebook. I'm not sure if he's asking of you personally or if he's relating this to himself. Okay. As an agnostic and scientist, what do you teach your kids about the holidays and how do you celebrate them? So I'm not sure if he's saying you personally or he's an agnostic and a scientist, what should he do? Or you as an agnostic and scientist, what do you do personally? Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of rituals. I think rituals organize human culture okay. in important and fundamental ways that uh, bring a bit of sort of humanity to us all. Right. Rituals, even as simple as let's just have dinner together right. or let's have a candlelight dinner or let's open the bottle of wine during dinner or let's, um, I mean, Jews are famous for the number of rituals that are still conducted even among those who are not, quote, practicing Jews. Exactly. Right? They're still, they'll still have the Seder. They still adhere to the rituals. Yeah, right? the rituals because rituals are, I think uh, they're excuses to come together. And so I, I don't deny that element of of life, no matter the source, be it a religious source or a secular source. That's it. I mean, Thanksgiving is another ritual. I see True. that no different. And uh, Christmas, is uh, you give presents to people. You know, that's uh, – well, I'm, I'm not going to get in the way of that. Right. I mean, this is now. How much of the religious backdrop you you incorporate? You incorporate. That's your that's your own personal thing. We live in a country we have freedom to express that religion, but it also means you have freedom to to uh, pick and choose right. <laughs> to, to pick a version of it that you you're comfortable with. Right. But to excise it all from life, I think that's that's too draconic and un- unnecessary. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So there you have it. Uh, go ahead and celebrate your Hanukkah. Well, not because I said Hanukkah Christmas. Hanukkah Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> your Kwanzaa, your Hanukkah Kwanzaa. <laughs> okay, cool. All right, let us move on to. Um, but, but you tell me not because I told him to, but just I gave it perspective. No, that's your perspective. I think it's a great perspective, yeah. honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, because uh, I, I, I know uh, uh, I have Jewish friends who put up a Christmas tree. Uh-huh. You know, so I, I they want the Christmas presents, not the Hanukkah <laughs> presents. That's what that one is. But we got that one figured out. <laughs> That's very funny. All right, we got uh, time for a quick one, and I'll quick put one. this mm-hmm. uh, uh, because before this, we go to our break, before we go to our break. So this is a uh, Chris O'Donnell and uh, addendum to that question from mm-hmm. a different person. Do you think children should believe in Santa while they're young, or know the truth? from an early age. Now, as a scientist, I'm interested to hear what you say on this one. <laughs> well, I did this with the tooth fairy, okay? Okay. Uh, so, I, with my daughter, I, I trained my kids to be scientifically literate, and I've certified them scientifically literate. I'm not worried about their future okay. evermore, because they they are. Right. I'm, I'm working on what kind of stamp to put on their forehead or something to, <laughs> to make this happen. But at the age where you lose your teeth, and then you have the tooth fairy, you're particularly gullible to storytelling that of a fantasy nature. Okay. And so what I did with my daughter at that time, uh, you know we're running low on time. Okay, then let's make this a cliffhanger. Well, 
Because this is awesome. Because <laughs> I'm really on the edge of my seat. I'm no, like, what I, does Neil do with I, his kids? I thought this through. All right, well, listen, let's, well, then, then save it. Let's, I totally. Let, yeah, because I think this is awesome. I totally thought this through. So after the break, we will you will learn what I did with my kids with regard to these these fantasy seasonal things, the uh, Santa Claus, the Tooth Fairy. Uh, and I, the you know, I really want to know because my son just lost his first tooth. Oh, so uh, this is up. great. I'll hook you up after the break. You're listening to Star Talk Radio, the Cosmic Queries part. And we're, it's a holiday edition. When we come back, more questions delivered to me from Chuck Nice. Sleep, grocery shopping, themselves, just a few things working moms seldom have time for. And during tax season, you can add taxes to their list. So for all you working moms, make the easy switch to H&R Block and have an expert make easy work of your taxes. H&R Block guarantees your taxes are 100% accurate and your max refund or your money back. Plus, with their no surprise guarantee, you'll always know the price of your tax prep before you begin. You can even have an H&R Block tax pro do your taxes in a block office or online from the comfort of your own home. Can your current tax guy promise all that? When you're buried under life's to-dos, let the experts at H&R Block stay on top of your taxes with a return that's right on the money and your biggest refund possible. Because tax season after tax season, it's better with Block. Make an appointment at hrblock.com. All tax situations are different. Not everyone gets a refund. Limitations apply. Descriptions of benefits and details at hrblock.com slash guarantees. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any of you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. Star Talk Radio Cosmic Queries. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson. In studio with Chuck Nice. Hey, hey. Chuck. Chuck Nice Comic on Twitter. That's right. I love your, I love your stuff because you just, you know... 
you come out of the blue and, hey, he's, I, I agree with that. So you have some <laughs> sort of humorous observation of the cultural mores. Yeah, you know, that's, uh, that's my whole thing. It's, uh, some people don't get it. Like, you know, most of what I write on Twitter is a joke. Right. And they don't understand that. I, I mean, some people get back to, you well, know. let me ask you, do you lose something by having to write it as opposed to deliver it in person? No, I like it that way. Because you really, you, um, it takes, you have to set the tone in those 140 characters. Uh, so that's okay. what I dig about it. You okay. know, All like right. I wrote uh, the other day, uh, just remember when you buy that $15 sweater from that big box store, you're helping a foreign, ch- you're helping foreign child labor learn the value of a dollar one day at a time. Okay. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. And I had some people get really pissed at oh, me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Some people, yeah. Some people, like get them, get them off Twitter. Right. Yeah. Or, right. Right. So you got questions here. Yes. Called from the internet. Uh, you, you, you got you got uh, uh, it's a ho- holiday questions. holiday questions. Yeah, right, go for it. And mm-hmm. so here's the deal. Right before we left, you were about to tell um, Chris about uh, believing in Santa, and uh, he wrote. Let me just give his question again. Do you think children should believe in Santa when they're young, or should they know the truth from an early age? And then you were talking about the tooth fairy yes. and what you did with your daughter, which I am hugely interested in because my son just lost his first tooth. His first tooth. So at that age. They're, they're particularly susceptible to fantasy stories. Correct. They don't really have a deep sense of what is possible given the laws of physics of the universe and what is not. And so the tooth fairy becomes very believable at that age. So here's what I did. I said, well, I'm not going to lie to my kids. I'm just not. Okay. Nor do I think being completely fantasy prone is a good thing uh, going into adulthood because some adults – some don't outgrow this. <laughs> so, so here's what I said. I said, I said, I'm told that if you put your tooth under your pillow, that a tooth fairy will come in exchange for money. Ah. I'm, to, I don't, I'm told. I'm told this. I'm told. And so she said, really? Okay, I'll do that. So she does it and money shows up. All right. So you've, several teeth happen. This, I, I'm told. And so now she had a, a dream catcher because we visited a, a, a Native American reservation, bought a dream catcher. So she thought maybe she could catch the tooth fairy in the dream catcher. <laughs> okay. So then she set up the dream catcher, didn't catch it, still left the thing. So then she, then she took um, aluminum foil and put it near her bed to see if the fairy would step on the aluminum foil because then she would hear that. Right. It didn't still happen. So – so what she decided to do a couple of years later with friends of hers, th- there was the suspicion that maybe the parents were the, were the tooth, tooth fairy. fairy. So they said – so they – so she organized a group of people who whose tooth fell out while they're at school. Uh-huh. That way the parents don't know it. So now you take that tooth, put that under your pillow without telling anyone. And if it's still there in the morning – because surely the tooth fairy would know. Right. And if the tooth is still there and money isn't, then it's the parents. And this is precisely the experiment they did, and they figured out that it was that the parents. That there was no tooth fairy. That's correct. Man, and, you know, see, you're, you're, that is really your daughter. 
Well, no, that I, is truly your kid. <laughs> let us let us devise an experiment. <laughs> well, I trained them to think about testing statements that's that awesome. get made, and so I didn't want to say there is no two because that's giving her the answer, but without her having the joy of thinking about what experiment would would verify or falsify that prediction. See, your daughter is very smart. I just started ripping teeth out of my head because this was a great way to make a buck. <laughs> oh, you didn't have a paper room. <laughs> All you had were teeth. All I had was teeth. It looked like I had a meth problem when I was five. <laughs> no, the thing about Santa Claus, what we did about Santa was we knew the kids figured out that there, was, uh, that there wasn't a Santa, uh, but the Santa Claus gift was always the biggest, most expensive gift right. under the tree. So, so if they ever admitted that there wasn't a Santa, they wouldn't get that <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty smart. Okay. So we had them believe in it longer than they would have otherwise. That makes sense. All right, so let's uh, let's get a quick we one. We got time for a quick one, yeah. Let's get a quick one from John Yates. And uh, he says, I like this. What is your favorite holiday drink? Because I want to drink whatever you're drinking. Oh, nice. Well, thank you. Way to go, John. Thank you. I'm, you know, I'm a, I like foofy drinks. You know, I go to a bar, guys are ordering whiskey and, and, and I order like something with a pineapple wedge and an umbrella in it. You really? Know, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. So you're like you're a tropical drink man. I'm I am comfortable enough with my masculinity, or rather, I am in touch with my feminine side enough, enough. so that I have no issues. So drinking, you don't mind drinking a Cosmo, uh, an, an umbrella drink in a in a bar, in a bar with guys. Appletini. <laughs> you're, you're cool with an Appletini. But, but I also lean towards the creamier drinks. So, like a mudslide or a, or Bahama Mama. Bahama Mama. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so that means over the holidays I'm I'm an eggnog guy from way back. Oh really? Yeah, spiked eggnog with with give it the dark rum just to kick it up a notch. Okay. Yeah, uh, totally uh and we uh when I'm ambitious my wife and I will make it ourselves. We but eggnog? Oh yeah, yeah. You got to like separate the egg whites and beat those and put them in and mix the it's effort, but it's worth it's worth it. Wow. That, that homemade eggnog. Well, right. Then you got to like take it over the top and then you buy eggnog ice cream and put a scoop of so it's eggnog float with the eggnog ice cream on top. Then it rocks. <laughs> when we come back, more Cosmic Queries on Star Talk Radio. Queries on Star Talk Radio, the holiday edition. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson with Chuck Nice. Hey, hey. comic. Chuck, do you like doing TV better than stand up or both? You're cool mm. with both? I, 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 to be honest, I love stand up the most because it's live, it's immediate, it's there, you can't yeah. get it back, and yeah. it, you know, it happens in the moment. But I love TV more because I like to eat. So, <laughs> so the green room yeah. keeps you fed. Yeah, right. I enjoy. No. Oh, no, the food, the, the money, the, the yeah, salary. Yeah, right. I enjoy okay. the salary of all television right. much right. more. Gotcha. You know. All if, right, what do you got? You got questions for? All me. right, so here's the thing. Because um, you're a New Yorker uh, all your life, born and bred. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, by the way, I was recently featured in the Superman comic, and so now I get to say I'm from Metropolis. Oh, sweet! You didn't know that? I did not know that. Me and Superman of Buds. Yo, that's hot. Oh my gosh! You didn't t- know that? We'll have to do. A sh- we'll do a show on that. Oh, okay. you're not lying. I'm oh, right. so jealous. Oh yeah, so not- you know, I'm a total comic dweeb. Okay, I love okay. that stuff. Apparently not enough of a dweeb to have so, known so- this. <laughs> All right, so just chill on that one. <laughs> All right, go. 
Oh, oh God, that was funny. All right. <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, Jared Stevens wants to know what it what you think is the best thing to do in New York City during the holiday season. Since you've been here pretty much your whole life, what do you think? Oh, so I, you know what you need to do? Visit all of the cosmic iconography that is throughout the city. Like. <laughs> Okay. Again, sorry for the rest of the world who would be listening to this, but maybe you'll take a visit to New York. On Avenue of the Americas, 6th Avenue, in front of the Time Life building, yeah. there's a huge sculptural triangle. Okay. Sitting right there. It's visible if you stand in Rockefeller Plaza and look across the street. It's a huge triangle. Most people are eating hamburgers under that triangle. It's huge. It's like six stories tall. Huge. And they, and they just say it's just some artists trying to be geometric. Right. No, no. It's a sun triangle. At 12 noon on the equinoxes, along one of the legs of that triangle, the sun aligns with that edge. On the two solstices, the summer solstice, the winter solstice, at 12 noon on those days, from that plaza, the sun aligns with the other two legs of that triangle. It is a sun triangle. A it sun is trying triangle. to talk to the cosmos. That's pretty cool. I agree. Also, you go into Grand Central Terminal and look up. There is the night sky as imagined by people at the time who put the sky on the dome. Right. Except the stars are backwards. That Yeah, just don't what? get that, me started. Okay. Okay? They're backwards. <laughs> and Orion, the, the hunter, is facing forwards in this field of backward stars. But in the holiday season, if you're taking, if you're drinking in the city, uh, you just tour, tour the cosmic offerings that it has that people have long forgotten about. Nice, nice. Yeah. And I know that's a, a problem for you. Otherwise I'm staying warm at home. <laughs> <laughs> I know you hate the uh, Grand Central thing because you actually told John Stewart that the earth rotates in the wrong direction on his show open. In the opening credits, yeah, yes. It was, I, and he would go, got a little upset about I haven't been invited back since, by the way. <laughs> Just as a point of information. Mm -hmm. All right. So uh, speaking of mm -hmm. uh, solstices, mm -hmm. all right, since let's, uh, let's move on to Laura Moore's question. And Laura on Facebook sent us this question. Do you think the new year should start on the actual winter solstice? Did the Romans have the date wrong, or has there been that much wobble in the tilt of the Earth's axis? Ooh. Look at her getting a little deep with Ooh. the solstice question. Ooh. Well, the calendar has a fascinating, torturous history. <laughs> and so you can't um, – so I, I think the solstice is a, a better day to begin the new year. Right. I, I so do. Uh, keep in mind, though, that there was a time where the calendar was 10 days off. But that got corrected in 1584. When in the introduction of the Gregorian calendar, where October, where they realized that the calendar fell out of sync with Earth's orbit around the sun mm -hmm. and the seasons. So, so for example, the first day of of spring was falling on March 10th instead of March 21st, and this was messing with people. And so they actually excised the Pope by decree, which he could do back then because that's when the Pope had power right. <laughs> over Christendom, uh, or at least the, the, the Catholic side of the Christendom, uh, decreed that 10 days would be taken out of the calendar. So October 15th followed October 4th, and that reestablished the calendar that we now all use today internationally, the Gregorian calendar. So the calendar has been messed with many times before. I think there's nothing special about January 1st. What I do is send around January 3rd announcements that Earth has reached perihelion, 
I center on perihelion cards. Perihelion cards. Perihelion. <laughs> Helia, Helia, as Helios, the sun, right. is when Helios you're nearest, sun. nearest to the sun. And that is That's January, a, the January 3rd, 3rd. Yeah, and depending on where, where you are in the leap day cycle, it could be the 4th. But right. I, I, that's when I, so, I celebrate perihelion. Uh, January 1st <laughs> is a stupid, nothing happens January 1st. What is this? <laughs> we got one segment left to come on Star Talk Radio, where Chuck Nice is bringing questions called from the internet and putting them on my lap, requiring that I answer them. We'll see you in a moment. Rack your look for spring at Nordstrom Rack and save up to 60% on brands you love. Rag & Bone, Vince, Marc Jacobs, Adidas, Joes, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. Score new dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and sunglasses, plus updates for the family and home. Get your spring on for less, up to 60% less, today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. Welcome back to Star Talk, the Cosmic Queries. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson with Chuck Nice. Chuck, you're culling these questions from the internet, from yes. our entire internet presence on Facebook, on Twitter, on Google Plus. So what do you got for me? This is the holiday edition. This is the holiday I edition. I like that. I like All that. All holiday questions mm-hmm. and uh, dealing with the season itself. So here's one from Chris Smith. And Chris wants to know, could Santa be exploiting the multiverse concept where physics could be different to hide his North Pole workshops and travel by flying reindeer sleigh. Ultimately, Santa could really be real. So Yeah, he's still clutching for that. I think his real question is... But didn't I tell you earlier in the show that there's some adults that still haven't shaken? <laughs> let go, right, exactly. Yeah, he hasn't let they go. They stay so, in that fantasy. Yeah, yeah. But I think a more interesting question, you know, uh, the multiverse concept... Does physics change? Let's say there is a multiverse. Do physics and the laws of physics remain constant through every mult, every facet of the multiverse? No. Really? Yes. Oh my God, that's shocking. Yeah. So, so what we understand is the conditions that spawn the next universe. Right. They they're slightly different. In the same way, your children are different from you, but you're still genetically related. Correct. The 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 next universe 
would have many features similar, but would be different in certain ways that might not even make life possible. For example, they're not they're not just different because you're you, but you turn left on the left on the corner instead of right. right. They're different because the charge on the electron might be different, or the yes. uh, other fundamental forces, the speed of light might be different. And so, yeah, yeah, but you would have to you would need a whole other kind of universe that's similar to ours, but gives Santa an out to enable him to do what he wants to do. And and I'd rather invent a world here where he could pull that off. So, for example, if, if his sleigh could travel the speed of light. Right. Okay. So there's a problem there first that moving through the atmosphere, he would vaporize. I was going to say, yeah. wouldn't, he, <laughs> wouldn't he burn up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just vaporize. So so we, he would need atmospheric separators the way the Flash has atmospheric separators. Had you been listening to our physics of superheroes uh, uh, Star Trek episode, you would know the Flash had separators. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So that's what he'd have to do. And he doesn't have to deliver to all children in the world, only to Christian children and the few <laughs> Jews who happen to put up a Christmas tree. <laughs> so once you start cutting this down, plus he doesn't have to do them all at once because there's the one hour by hour time zone. Correct. All right? All the kids, no, 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 not all kids go to bed at the same time. Right. Because the sun is always shining on half the earth. So he gets to spread out the load. Now, the one problem we might not ever be able to solve is the North Pole. You know, we, he needs like a like a houseboat now for the North Pole. Right. <laughs> There's no ice There's left no on the ice. North Pole. Yeah, he would, yeah. exactly. He, he needs a houseboat. Yeah, right? I, I hear Superman's lair is actually <laughs> flooded right now. <laughs> so there are these North Pole issues that have to be resolved before he could sort of do this. But uh, it turns out it would be very hard, especially the the fitting down the chimney part. Uh, so he would need a way to gain access to everybody's residence. He, that would be a, a higher dimension where you just enter through the closet. Right. Like in the film uh, Monsters, Monsters Inc. Inc. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's just right. going through the closet. It's a dimensional portal. It's a dimensional portal. And no reason why you can't have one of those. So I can imagine a Superman of the future who's totally tricked out. Right on. I could, I, listen, I know I could help him with that, you know, unlawful entry part. <laughs> <laughs> I know some people. <laughs> you got people. <laughs> the fourth dimension. Yeah, so these are burglars in the fourth dimension. Yeah. Right. <laughs> All right, so here is, uh, this is, uh, I believe, Kai U is, is the name. How many horsepower would each individual reindeer need if Santa has nine of them, I, I suppose, to make the, the sled fly. Yeah, uh, I have to do that calculation, but it really simply depends on how fat Santa is. Right. <laughs> I, I don't mean to be, make a joke about it, but the horsepower is a, is, is a, it tells you what you need to pull a load that you're carrying. Right. And of course, if he has all the presents for everyone in the world, this is huge. And so uh, each reindeer, uh, I, I have to do the math, and right. I, I right now I don't have time to, fo- to actually make the calculation. We may have to revisit that, or I'll po- could possibly post it online. But you need horsepower, certainly something rivaling the Saturn V rocket or more to do what Santa uh, pulls off to right. get him to fly. Oh, by the way, by the way, planes fly. Right, so it's not like we don't know how to fly. Right. All right, and so the reindeer would just need sort of to take some physics classes on how to uh, exploit Bernoulli's principle of lift through the atmosphere. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Your point exactly. <laughs> well, that Chuck, is. I think uh, we got to wrap this up. Chuck. Yeah, oh but God. you know what? Before we do, I'm. <laughs> I can't get this out of my head because early in the show you were talking about homemade eggnog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you got a problem with that? No. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's a big effort. You got to whip the egg whites so they can become perky, and then you fold that into the cream, and you got to I, I, I hand shave egg um, nutmeg. Oh yeah, no, it works great. Put in a dash of rum. It's smoking. I, oh, yeah. Okay, I, I gotta have that. You, oh. <laughs> I must have. Well, it is wintertime. Maybe after after hours, we, we'll go check it out. I'm all about it. Oh, by the way, earlier you mentioned the Cosmos drink. Nothing cosmic about a Cosmos drink. we got to reinvent that. Really? I might just do that. Okay. Know? Yeah. That works for me, too. We'll overdue for that. See, what I'm saying, Neil, is uh, we got to go have a drink. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Star Talk Radio. Stay tuned. More up next. We're back, and this is a part of Star Talk where I like to call it how tweet it is, where we pluck a tweet of mine that I posted and and just chat about what uh, the significance the significance of it. What uh, and you tweet too. You're, I'm a co-tweetist. You're, you're co-tweetist. Uh, quote tweet at, at Bill Nye. Yes. Totally. Well, what February seventeenth. Would you like to review? February seventeenth, two thousand fifteen, was really cold in New York, and people started saying, "Well, there's no global warming." And so I thought, let me find the ten coldest ever recorded temperatures in New York. And it was back more than a century, but less than two centuries. Less than two centuries. See, that's the record, the database. And the, all 10 coldest temperatures occurred before 1944, Yeah, as an example. So I posted them all in Fahrenheit. And then people say, what? Fahrenheit? It's surprising. But then I, an astronomer. Then, plus, then I realized that I have a lot of followers around the world, and no one else uses Fahrenheit. So then I resubmitted them in Celsius, okay? Yeah. But then- They're I, still colder. It's, <laughs> then I said, while I'm doing it, let me keep going, and I then I gave them all in Kelvins. <laughs> so, Kelvins, yes. yeah, yeah. So I said the ten coldest temperatures ever recorded in New York City: two hundred fifty-two, 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 two hundred fifty-one, two hundred fifty-one, two hundred fifty-one, two hundred forty-eight. We only have three minutes. Two hundred forty-seven Kelvins, uh, all before nineteen forty-four, and Good. it turns out people were more enchanted with that tweet than the Fahrenheit tweet or even the Celsius tweet. Well, you built a following of uh, temperature monitors, <laughs> and notice everybody you don't you don't say degrees Kelvin. The Kelvin is its own unit. Exactly, it's Kelvins. So I said, okay, if you're a Kelvin weenie, then perhaps your favorite cold temperature, because someone asked me what's my favorite temperature. Your favorite cold temperature is clearly zero. Well, maybe it's or three. It's three Kelvin. Background. What's background temperature? Three degrees Kelvin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Two point seven. Uh, three. three Kelvins. Kelvins. Yeah, and my so work is never done, people. <laughs> where. And of course, the zero degrees Kelvin intersects the Rankine scale. The Rankine. Tell us yeah. what the Rankine scale Rankin is. Rankine uh, is Mr. The, engineer. Yeah, Rankine is a Scottish engineer who established an absolute temperature scale with Fahrenheit degrees, as opposed to uh, Kelvin. Kel Kelvin, which is an absolute temperature scale with Celsius or centigrade, old old nomenclature degrees. And you have to have it. You cannot do air conditioning pro problems. We would not be able to have this conversation. You would not have fuel injection in cars. Heck, we wouldn't have had steam engines to get the whole industrial age started if we didn't understand absolute temperatures. Nice. Nice. And so the ranking scale and the Kelvin scale equal at zero, but after that, they go off their merry ways. Yeah, sure. And my favorite temperature? It's 460. A ranking is very close to 460 Below uh, zero. Below zero Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit. And so my favorite temperature in the in uh, on Fahrenheit and Celsius is what, of course? Uh, zero? No, no, no. no. Uh, 40 oh, minus below. 40. Yeah, 40 below. Yeah, that's where they cross. That's everybody. where they cross. Exactly. If you, if you have two ladders, at some point the rungs would be at exactly the same height. The two ladders have rungs dis different distance apart. 
different height apart, but at some place the two rungs on the, the rungs on the two ladders line up, and that's minus forty Celsius or minus forty Fahrenheit. Back to you, Neil. You got it. That we confused everybody there. Oh man, man, they will never recover from that. Yeah. So uh, here we analyze tweets I've posted and look at the behind the scenes and people's reactions. And there's one, Bill. It is. The most retweeted tweet I've ever posted. The most retweeted Pe- tweet? People went bananas. Went tweet crazy. Ape bananas. Okay. Christmas Day. Here is my tweet. Christmas Day. Oh, the 25th of December. 25th of December. On this day long ago, a child was born who, by age 30, would transform the world. Happy birthday, Isaac Newton. Love Born that. December 25th, 1642. As reckoned I thought people Britain. might want to know. I thought he's reckoned in Britain. Yeah. In England, he's born on December 25th. Have you told me over the years, you're born on the day that your mother thinks you were born on? Well, that's one way of looking at it. Right. And it, it, the Catholic Church is crazy to tell everybody. They just love telling everybody it was the 4th of January. Well, yeah, because England had not yet. Con- the, England, embraced. not a big fan of the church, the Catholic yeah, church. Well, the Catholic church. The Catholic church. Uh, they had their own deal. Yeah, they stayed with the Julian calendar a little longer than others did. A little longer, 150 years longer. <laughs> exactly. Imagine, everybody, what it's like if you're trying to do commerce and you don't agree on the calendars. Yeah. Imagine, every, everybody, a guy so powerful, the Pope, uh, Gregory the Thirteenth, was so powerful, he declared October 5th, shall be followed by October 15th in, uh, was it 1572? No, 1582. 1582. Yeah, yeah. Excuse me, 1582. And so you're a landlord. Yeah. This is great. <laughs> hey, you owe me another month's rent. No, I you're can. A I, know tenant. To, I know how to no, amortize. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I know how to yeah, do the math on that one. But I got to think. Well, that but what Newton's happens? People, mom thought it was Christmas Day. Yeah, so we got that, and that hence I I posted this tweet. But people reacted. Uh, there was some newspaper headlines that Tyson trolls Christians on Christmas Day, yeah, well, and I'm thinking, don't people want to know that there's this guy who was who was actually born that day? We don't really know when Jesus was no, born. Apparently, he was born four years before. They even they lied about his age even back then. <laughs> yeah, Four BC is probably the better. Yeah, date and frame. it was there were some comets. BC. You had some comets in the summertime. Uh, well, no, we, there's some alignment of planets that pe- people are trying to find what the wise men were looking at. My point is, I thought people would be enchanted by it learning enchanted. about Isaac Newton and his significance in shaping modern culture, being the basically the founder of of the knowable universe. They had somebody else in mind. That's somebody else. <laughs> historic figure. I had other tweets that day too. Can I tell you my favorite one from that Please. day? Please, it's about Santa. I said Santa knows physics red light penetrates fog better than any well, other yeah. color yeah yeah and so benny no matter the, whether the, the dress is black and blue or <laughs> white and gold and so benny the blue-nosed reindeer didn't get the gig did not get no i worked hard on that one uh it was good yeah and uh people say well how do you know santa is can how, how can you see santa at this store and at that shopping mall because he's magic <laughs> That's the answer. Okay, so then there's like, you can do that. Oh, by the way, the people who said I was trolling Christians, they must have missed two days before where I photographed the Christmas windows at, at Macy's, Macy's Herald Square. Which were cool. What they cool? You know, do, I tweeted a couple. You tweet a couple. They're yes. great. There's little Alex is on a on a sleigh, interplanetary sleigh. Yes, he's uh, intercosmotic. He's visiting the planet. Intracosmotic. He's good. He's good. Okay, another one? <laughs> oh, this one is good for you. Uh, this one's good for you. Okay, ready? But I know you've thought about this. So here it is. Proud to be Homo sapiens, a curious species with DNA compelling us to explore, even if doing so puts your own life at risk. Apparently. Why? 
Uh, I believe our You just ancestors, wrote about evolution. What's your book? Uh, uh, undeniable. undeniable. Yeah. Evolution of the Science of Creation. So uh, if you got people who are ready to kill themselves. on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Anyway, so. <laughs> okay. uh, people are ready to kill uh, themselves. Well, the word kill themselves. They're willing to take risks. Because taking What's risks. Different? Well, when you take a risk, there's a chance you'll succeed. At least when I take risks. You know, it's interesting because that's not how I think of risk. I think when you take a risk, there's a chance of you dying. Yeah. Well, there's, but there's that's, a no, that's there's zero. That's a fascinating uh, other way a, to think about is risk. A, it is a uh, one-some game. The, mm-hmm. That which does not kill you, you presume would leave you alive. Right. And the risk is taken to in the, with the chance of enriching yourself. And let me just put it this way, everybody. You could. You're a woman. You're a female. You could go with the accountant. There in the cave, in ancient cave days, Og and Augette back there. Or you could take a chance on, uh, on the guy who's a little wild, who goes over the hill and maybe will invent PayPal and just get crazy rich. And so if you put your cards in with that guy, put your lot in with that guy, there's a chance that you will also succeed. What are you saying about accountants? I'm saying the accountant's a steady guy, but he may not strike it rich. So uh, there's some value in the striking rich scenario. Okay, but if that were the case, there'd be no accountants. Oh, no, because everybody's got to pass his gene. The guy who goes over the hill may get killed. Oh. There's lions and tigers and bears okay. and parasites. That'd be three different continents, actually. Uh, uh, all that aside, I, I was trying to cover them all. There, there are penguins. Uh, and, uh, That's and, you uh, just added a continent, and, right? And, okay. and there's, some, uh, there's some new world monkeys that are trouble. <laughs> no, Did the point is... Oh, uh, plus, in Australia, everything's venomous. So okay, they're, they're like, yeah. so, but the guy that goes over the hill gets the attracts the female, mm-hmm. then the male that stays in the cave doesn't reproduce. Is that right? No. Well, it depends on the, the, what choice certain females make. I'm saying there's value in the guy taking risk. Okay. Not that accountants don't take risk, but <laughs> comedy is based on stereotypes and so or expectations, which are based on stereotypes. So my feeling is that the ancient cave accountants were more conservative than the ancient cave over the hill, let's go for it, explorers. Okay, and so the over the hill, let's go for it, explorers who never came back, the accountant had all the women. Okay, that's how yes. the male accountant had all the women. Yes. Okay. That's why I became an engineer. Okay. It's a compromise. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Star Talk Radio. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Many thanks to our comedian, our guest, our experts, and I've been your host, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Until next time, I bid you to keep looking up. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate. Pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.